It is time for Counterpoint. We got our panelists in and ready to go, champing at the bit. This, of course, our first part is brought to you by our friends over at Pizzaville. You can call them up, 416-736-3636, or head online. You can go to uh, pizzaville.ca. Just don't do it at work. Or yeah, you, yeah, you can do it at work, because then everyone will like you for ordering them a pizza, okay? <laughs> uh, we have tonight the laughter of Steve Kersner, broadcaster, longtime broadcaster, Canadian icon, of course, creator of Ed the Sock, host of the No Bullpen and the Kersner Expedition. You can find that on the FU Network. Hello there, sir. Hello, how are you? Well, you know, I'm dreaming, the, I'm living the dream. And, of course, uh, coming back is Jason LaChapelle, the press secretary for the Green Party of Ontario. Hello. I always appreciate the way you pronounce my name, Alex. So well, how am I supposed to say No, it's perfect. La Chapelle. I love the panache. It lets me <laughs> pretend I'm French. La Chapelle. Uh, Justin Trudeau walks into a gay bar. There is no punchline. Uh, but he did walk into a gay bar in Vancouver ahead of this weekend's Pride event. And uh, somehow cameras managed to follow him and document this whole little thing. But uh, got a lot of people talking. You know, he was the first prime minister to walk in a pride parade. And then now he's the first to walk into a gay bar. That we know of. That we know of. Um, I'll start with you on this, Jason. Does this set like some kind of political precedent? Uh, like, do now all politicians have to go and be seen visiting a gay bar to be considered acceptable? I mean, it's uh, it's a very symbolic uh, thing to do, but I mean, you have to look at the history of of gay bars. These are safe spaces for people who weren't safe outside of them. Uh, places of you know police raids and violence, and and uh, so they're very historically sort of fraught locations. And I think it's very. I mean, as a as a gay person myself, I'm I feel very proud that to have a prime minister who uh, who is stepping into one and, and you know sort of maybe you don't see it as opportunistic. Bar. I mean, it's politics, of course, it's opportunistic. I mean, it is, but but still the same. Would Andrew Shear do it? I, I don't think so. So I don't. But again, this is what the thing is. He wouldn't do it. He would, of course. Okay, so Andrew Shear's afraid he'd burst into flames. No, he's not. I mean, honestly, this is. But again. Andrew Shear becomes the bad guy because he isn't going okay. to a gay bar. So no, no, no. my Andrew guy, Shear, to the gay bar, Andrew Shear is the bad guy because in three years of being leader of the of the Conservative Party, he has not gone to a Pride parade with no good excuse. Well, what, That's what, the like problem. are these are these obligations now? Yeah, are they you know obligations? What? It, it is. They are. Because I know when that you uh, take on leadership, there's there's a symbolism that is part of your job, and part of that is showing unity with uh, groups that have been marginalized, and that's why marching in that parade is important. And the fact that he doesn't, for no good reason, other than he doesn't want to scare off the homophobes for voting for him, um, yeah, that's important. And no, this is not a new standard that all politicians are going to have to be seen. In a in a, a gay bar, that's like saying that uh, some the symbolism of somebody walking in gay pride parade, comparing that to somebody just walking down the same street next the week I, after the. I, gay I gotta pride be honest. I, I find it. I, I think I would have more appreciation, or those in the gay community would have more of appreciation if actually he delivered on the promises, which was blood donation, yeah. making that legal. That yeah. to me is much more important I mean, yeah, than going he has to a gay bar. The the deferral times, I believe, um, and, and he has made other it's, steps. I mean, pardoning. Uh, folks who are convicted under homophobic laws in the past. Yep. So it's not like he hasn't made steps, but I feel like folks in the queer community probably would like there to be more action than just uh, walking into the bar. With with a camera in tow. Again, if he didn't have the... Like, be sincere. The I'm just saying be sincere about it. I don't does care. He go, where does any politician go without a camera? And quite frankly, Jason said that as a as a gay man, he felt encouraged to see that this happened. If there but I talked to Drex an hour there, ago and he said, no, I don't care. And I don't, and I, I'm Drex actually, is a very unique personality, but <laughs> okay. uh, Jason feels encouraged about this and seeing that pic- that picture is important because it's visual here he is it's not just text it's here he is it makes uh, yeah, at least I mean, from what I understand it's 
it's important. It's symbolic. And, you know, it's like nowadays, picture or it didn't happen. Mm. Yeah. And, I mean, you, you think of the, maybe the political spinoff effect in other countries. There are 80 countries around the world still where it's a criminal offense. So so that being seen on social so media. drinking alcohol. I mean, honestly, sure. I just honestly, I would rather politicians just be sincere. I don't need photo ops. I'm sick and tired of them. Just be sincere. But you showing up at a gay bar to say, here I am. It's not, to me is opportunistic. To have a, it's not insincere to have a photographer there. It's mm. it's it's 2019. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, BC woman fired. Wait, Drex is gay? Yes. I didn't know. Now, see, you learn something new every day. Yeah. And you listen to the show. BC woman fired with cause for texting during a meeting, not being a, quote, team player. Uh, she has been <laughs> awarded a $5,000 uh, amount of compensation. She worked there for seven years. It was a dental office. They made it very, very clear that there were rules. You can't be texting in front of the patients. You can't be letting it be a distraction. You can't be doing this at meetings. And yet time and time again, she would have an excuse for doing this to the point where her colleagues even said, look, this is dra- distracting us. So she got fired. But the question becomes... Can a, an employer not fire someone, Steve, if they're not paying attention? I mean, oh, listen, as somebody who's been an employer and had some employees do some pretty horrible things, and my lawyer advised me, no, you can't fire them. It's very, very difficult to fire people for almost anything these oh, days. Know. And uh, for not paying attention, yeah, you should be able to fire somebody. And when you tell them over and over, this is not considered, uh, this is considered unacceptable at work, and you keep doing it. Then you're asking to be fired. But it sounds like in this Sorry, case, the I would be listening to you, but I have things to do and people listen, to I talk know, to. Listen, I know that you're, you're sitting. People, who, you know, obviously great for radio. Alex is sitting here with her uh, <laughs> phone up you. between yeah, between me and her. It's performance yeah, art, isn't it? Trying to throw me, and it's not working. <laughs> but again, it is time right. theft. You know, people go out for cigarettes; they take time off. But this, it sounds like the employer didn't follow the procedure here in terms of documenting this and and writing up a formal disciplinary sort of action from from what i understand and that yeah, was- i get the sense that there were other issues with this employee but again i think it raises the issue like if you're going to be i went to the movies on saturday and the guy didn't even look up like i could have literally brought in a school bus of children and not paid and he was just too busy on his phone and i i frankly as a customer find it appalling when i'm talking to somebody and they are not making eye contact with me because they'd rather be talking to their friend sally totally agree we're, we're too attached to our phones i'm someone that puts my phone away immediately when i get to work but i also recognize it's for some people your job yes because you're in communication <laughs> you're a communicator when i, when I get I go that home, if, my yeah. phone is off 100 percent. it's off dead my my mother-in-law used to always try to send me messages <laughs> through whatsapp and i kept saying don't you have my email address which i check you have all these other things why are you using the thing that i have to have my phone on for when i tell you the phone is off people there's some people who just don't know how to turn it off and you know what i worked with somebody who was in a senior position who couldn't get his face out of his phone mm-hmm. he actually had an app installed so that he could walk looking at his phone and the camera would show him the top part of his phone You've would got show a serious what's ahead illness of him. If that's where you are. Yeah. Seriously. Well, it was interesting when uh, when Doug Ford banned, you know, cell phones in class yeah. and there's a lot of news about that and people were tweeting about well, maybe politicians <laughs> like, yeah, maybe people, maybe uh, politicians at Queen's Park should also try putting their phones away because if you watch question period or any of the proceedings on most days, you will just see MPPs 100%. sitting back on Everyone their phones. Does so. it. Yeah. Everyone does. Everyone uh, does. Uh, listen, if everybody jumps off a cliff, are you going to jump off too? Well, no, I mean most People will walk off the cliff because they don't look up and they don't see that the cliff is coming <laughs> to is an end. This is a good point. This is a good point. And, and you I'm... know what? Perhaps that's a good cull. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Air Canada plans to uh, keep its Boeing 737 uh, MAX aircraft parked while the uh, U.S. manufacturer tries to figure out this big old um, cluster buck. And um, the bottom line is it's going to affect everybody because not all these air carriers have to figure out like which planes are going to put on which routes. 
But for me, uh, Jason, I, I don't think I would ever fly this plane again, just given the sheer uh, incompetency behind mm. what I, I don't know. Can you ever trust this particular aircraft again? I mean, I would have said before these two crashes that for most air air passengers, you're not. I don't really think about the type of aircraft that I'm flying on normally if I'm taking a flight. But and now, with, but now I, I probably would be. I'd be more. I mean, it seems like Boeing is already behind Airbus now in terms of the the leading producer. Their Airbus is now fly producing you're more. Green party though, right? I tried to swear <laughs> off flying for a few years and then yes, realized it was does. just too He's close to wings. <laughs> so, so, yeah. he, he just got to he waits it. for a big a big gust of wind <laughs> off the top of a building. Um, you know what? This is um, the problem with this is that statistically there's really nothing they, they can never find anything wrong with this plane. And statistically, yeah, it's not it's just that no one can fly it. Well, it's statistically it's not unsafe. But would you feel well, comfortable getting yes. like, Wasn't really? it that the pilots weren't being given the up-to-date information about how to sort of weren't trained on what to do yeah. when, like, it's, it's yeah. not the plane. The thing is that they can't now put the planes back in operation until they de- they detect something is wrong. So their planes are sitting there cuz they can't find anything wrong with them, and if they can't well, find the anything wrong with them, wrong with they it. can't fix it. Well, they, they but there was a lot of dishonesty, mm-hmm. and the fact is, pilots hadn't been warned, and they didn't really tell everybody. By the way, if this switches on, you've got to do this. And sometimes there was just a massive amount of disinformation mm-hmm. and uh, lies. Well, lack of information. Lack of information. Sure. I mean, so. other companies have recovered. I mean, Volkswagen's recovered quite well from uh, the efficiency uh, scandal with their, yeah, but with their vehicles. I don't mind but about that. That was like a, that was like a computer glitch. With the, I get that. That's not going to get me killed. Mm-hmm. I, when well, you're in the some, sky. What car company was it where the brakes stopped working and things started to accelerate because the computer chip wasn't... Not that, uh, that was back a year, like it would lunge forward. I mean, there's going to be issues. Yeah. I just don't mm-hmm. know if you can get consumer confidence back in this particular... You know what? Account. Most people... Yes, you can. You know why? Because of consumer ignorance and consumer not wanting to know it. Ing is. We're just going to ple- <laughs> fly ignorant all the time. They're just going to, you know what? The, what consumers look at is how much is the ticket? Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't That's know. I got to be honest. Is there any head? That's is there not true, any, Steve, any I'm terrified of flying, so I look. Really? Yes. Okay, well, you've got, you, obviously, you've got an issue. I so do. So you have a particular Several. attention that you pay to that. <laughs> yes, I But do. most people are, how much is it going to cost me? They're yeah. not going to be, in six months, no one's people, even going to People will forget, I think, yeah. Okay, not me. We have Steve Kersner and Jason LaChapelle in Around the Table, talking about uh, today's big kind of headlines. And uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau made a headline in B.C. yesterday when he was campaigning, saying that, uh, no, uh-huh, we didn't pressure anybody uh, from our office. Certainly not Canadian ambassadors. We didn't tell them to be quiet. That wasn't us. Ex-ambassadors, right? Yes. Yeah. Canadian citizens. Yes. Um, who apparently are democratically allowed to speak freely. But whatever, I digress. Uh, but this was reported, of course, by Robert Fife in the Globe and Mail last week, uh, where he had reported two ambassadors uh, from the past who had been in Beijing um, had been told by the prime minister's office, you know, to stop talking. So Trudeau denies all of this. And then today, when opposition parties asked for an investigation into, you know, who shut this down and what's the story here, that, of course, was shut down, too. Here is Mr. Andrew Scheer commenting. This is a pattern for Justin Trudeau. He abuses the power of his office to reward his supporters and silence his critics. He will trample on our democratic principles and the rule of law in order to win elections and hang on to power. And when he gets caught... He simply shuts down any attempt to get at the truth. 
Wow, that's not uh, propaganda <laughs> courtesy of old Andy. I mean, well, what's some the propaganda? Who writes press releases. That was quite the sensational well, spin that we just yeah, had. Well, let me start with the political yeah. type because the opposition has very little, uh, very few tools that they can use to get anything done. Oh, no, Andrew, Andrew Shear's a tool. Yeah, uh, but he's not as big a tool as the guy in charge. Having said that, uh, but the bottom line we, is we'll the prime minister shut down. Uh, this issue. They've said that they didn't say anything, so either Robert Fife is a liar, these two ambassadors are well, the, liars. The one ambassador was on the news today saying that it was more of a miscommunication. He really didn't see much wrong with what had transpired. Right. So, but that's after the fact, because last week he was saying, well, yeah, I was called. I didn't understand it, and apparently Christian Freeland has been now calling them, but... It uh, just feels like the the conservatives are trying to... They're trying to make this SNC-Lavalin 2.0, and it just... It, it's nothing. not going to stick. It, it really nothing. isn't. Big it's deal. nothing. Silencing Canadian citizens no, and telling them not to talk is nothing? Okay, were they threatened with any particular were they threatened with any legal action? Were Sorry, they threatened the to be Prime put in the stocks? Office, you, what if they called you and said, Steve, you can't talk about this? Uh, I'd say thanks for calling. Right. That's that's, but, but, that, but that's not what's deal. being alleged. Call the press. But that's what's being alleged by David Mulroney, who said, yes, he got a phone call from someone within the Prime Minister's office saying, can you check with There's us not, before you talk? And that's not their right. He's you know a Canadian what? citizen. There's, you know what? I think the Prime Minister's office is not like the post office in Hooterville at Green Acres, mm. where it's one guy who just changes his hat for various jobs. I think there's a lot of people there, yes. and there's a, there's probably some people who have overreached. There's a lot of times... So you wouldn't want to know minister, who that, that is? Like, the, well, the Prime Minister probably doesn't know anything about this. The thought that well, the anything. Prime Minister That's of right. any the Prime Minister of any party of any stripe is familiar with every single thing that goes on mm. in his office yeah. is absurd. Hold on a second. I, yeah, I gotta be honest. I, 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 we have a figurehead as a prime minister and Jerry Butts is is the guy running that show. And without question, this is a tactic that was used in SNC to shut down debate. It will be used again. And it's been used by every political party that's been in power sure, to shut they, down sure, debate. Sure, but they said they wouldn't do it. Remember, he came in in 25. He was the sunny ways, different kind of politics guy. But apparently, Canadian citizens can't speak. I mean, I mean, they certainly are under the microscope with every interaction. And I think... Th- I think at worst this is a bundled, a bungled phone call in which maybe there was a miscommunication or maybe some, you know, maybe 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 some slight overreach. But mm-hmm. I think we're making more out of this, and I think for most Canadians they want the China issue resolved, and uh, they would see it as cynical with the opposition parties trying to, you know, make everything political. I think everyone just kind of wants the, you know, the relief for for farmers. They want the people being held released. Uh, they want this resolved, and right, I think they should resolve it then. They haven't done anything. Well, you, they're, they're, you know who can resolve this? Mm. The United States, because we're in the it's position we are with China. responsibility to deal with our Canadians. It's not their job to fix our no, problems. No, but they've, they've screwed us because they said, uh, uh, they said apprehend this woman, and then didn't stand by us. We, mm. we stood by that, a treaty with true. them. I think, I think, I think what this whole away. thing is revealing is that we actually have few allies that are actually willing to sort of step in and help us in this case. And I mean, Trump says that he, he would speak with, he's speak not, with China. He's not obligated. <laughs> but it, it is surprising to me that other countries aren't uh, sort of coming Wh- to which bat. Which to me maybe speaks volumes of, about the Prime Minister that no one wants to step no, up and help him. No, it speaks volumes about the cowardice of world leaders at this mm. point in time. It's not and their the power job. that China holds. It's not their job, the Steve, to China solve holds. our issues. They didn't do this. It's not their job. They didn't. But, but this could happen the to U- any of them as well. The yeah, of course, U- well we have an know, agreement with the U.S., that we sure. that, that yes. we honored, yeah. and then the U.S. did not back us up. Well, no, Trump actually two weeks ago in a meeting with China brought this issue up, and the prime minister himself said he did go to bat for us. Yes. What else is he going to do? Uh, more. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So everyone's going to poop all over Trump, and well, then when take, he doesn't bow to us, we're going to no, like blame take him? The, if you if you want Good this Lord. woman extradited, take her and do get her out of Canada. True. Take her to the U.S. You guys deal with her, so it's no longer a Canadian problem. Right. They're letting her st- st- sit here and become a Canadian problem when it's something the Americans want. Take her. Yeah, but that, it, there's a process to it. It's an extradition process. These things take time. Again, uh, the prime minister decided he knew what he was doing. Now we're into this. Big I don't know. Trump problem. seems to be able to get around uh, uh, processes pretty quick. Maybe he could just requisition some money through an executive order and but, bring but it I over. But I also think, like, get stuff done. W- whether it's the USMCA or, or other things in terms of our interactions Spencer with asked. foreign powers, it's so easy for opposition parties to say, "Well, you you should have done it better. You could have done it this way." When when you're the one who's in charge, I think the dynamics are really different than when you're in opposition. Yeah, but we do know through polling, this is a very important issue to Canadians. They want it solved. They want it solved quietly and they want these canadians out because at the end of the day well, they're the ones who matter part of the part of solving it quietly sometimes is putting out feelers mm. through phone calls mm-hmm. um which and, has not happened and the calls may have happened may not have happened the problem i i think now is that everybody is a frigging tattletale mm. everybody things that used to be kept close to the vest and within the family, everyone goes and Raybould's writing a book because obviously there's a, there's a great well, She uh, can't yawning, talk, she's been gagged. Well, there's really? a yawning maw in the remainder bins of, of uh, bookstores, so obviously they, the publishers need her to fill it. Um, but the, the problem is, and this is a problem liberals have, uh, conservatives have discipline like there's a dominatrix with a whip, whereas liberals have just, they... There's no unity. It's, uh, like I've said for a long time, uh, conservatives circle their wagons and shoot outwards, liberals circle their wagons and shoot inwards. And this is another case of that. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we see politics a little bit differently. Yeah, we see, <laughs> do you, do you we see politics so? a little differently. <laughs> you, you but nonetheless, uh, we didn't get to Meghan Markle. Thanks a lot, oh, Steve. Uh, oh, good. I know how that both of you goal. wanted to talk about it for your mothers. I was trying to the, the electron <laughs> microscope that could be focused enough to see how little I care about <laughs> the royal family. It's funny how people don't care. Uh, yeah, it's amazing to me. It's she okay. chose Greta Thunberg, which I, who I think is a great climate activist and has done some great work. So that was my little slight pitch for the one person who I uh, oh, agreed well, with just in her, for in the her listeners list. Understanding the, uh, the 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 Duchess of Sussex was given the honor of of uh, editing uh, the British Vogue, and she was asked to come up with a list of influential and forces of change and powerful women. Her mother did not. Her mother-in-law did not make it. That's going to be Jane Fonda made the list. Selma Hayek. Uh, what's Jane Fonda getting on that that's list for? Us? That's good. That relations, dinner probably. is not going to be comfortable this Friday. Oh no, it's not. Well, I don't think they do those. I don't think they do Shabbat dinners. They'll be, you know, the corgis. Sure will, that the they corgis don't do will be lifting Shabbat their legs dinners. on Megan's chair. No. All right, guys, I got to leave it there. But always fun. Thank you very much. We got Steve Kurzner and Jason Lachapelle, who lets me practice my French. No fair. My last name has no particular lilt to it. Kirchner. Kirchner. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that's very attractive. Thank <laughs> you for doing that. Kirchner? I don't know. That does it for this round of uh, CounterPoint brought to you by our friends at Pizzaville.